0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: Let me ask you a question this morning. We're starting a new series, we're going to talk about the life of Jesus, and we're going to look at four verses today in the first chapter of the Gospel, and then we're going to just move on over to Chapter 4, because that's where we left off from the last time we were here in the Gospel, but we're going to look at, over the next few weeks and months, the reality of Jesus and who He is. Because it's really important for us to understand who He is, because how you perceive Him and what you believe about him is going to affect the everyday aspect of your life bottom line so let me ask you a question how's your week been how many of you say I wish I didn't have the week I just had yeah a lot of us and you're not even looking forward to the one that's coming you know the reality is is that all of us are affected by life in whatever capacity now listen to me if you're a believer in Jesus Christ what you believe about him your conception of who he is and the reality of who he is and what you believe about that will determine how you face the stuff you're going to face during the week. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to face stuff. Does everybody understand me? Life is going to happen. Stuff is going to throw the kitchen sink at you. You're going to get unexpected bills. You're going to have somebody tell you you've got a health problem that can't be solved. You're going to have some sort of crisis happen. Stuff breaks down. And it's stuff that you don't expect to break down. Vehicles break down. Isn't that true? Here's the reality. And what you believe about Jesus is going to determine how you handle the stuff that life throws at you. And all of us here, whether you're a believer or not, has a concept about who Jesus is. And your concept of Jesus will determine how you handle this world and this life. So let's talk about it first. Before we get into the passage, I want to talk about some current concepts of Jesus. The first thing I want you to notice is this. There are many concepts about who Jesus is. I think everyone's aware of that. All you got to do is just turn on the Discovery Channel. All you have to do is just turn on the News All you have to do is just talk to your buddy at work, and you will hear many different things about Jesus. You'll hear that he's just some pathetic figure from history. You'll hear that he was just some Jewish rabbi that was crucified by the Roman authorities. There is a group out there that believes that Jesus was nothing more than a witch or a warlock. The reality is that some some people will look at him as just a benevolent benefactor. He's kind of like that guy up there that will give you whatever you ask him you just have to do the right things for him to do it and then for a lot of people he's the savior of the world everybody has a different concept of who Jesus is and you have a different concept and you say well we should all have the same concept here that's not true even Christians even though they may come to the same church will have different concepts of who Jesus is. They may have different beliefs concerning who he is. And how you realize those concepts of who Jesus is is just watch how they react to everyday life. Watch how they react to the things that happen in their life. And you'll see and you'll notice what the concepts are of Jesus. The next thing I want you to notice about our concepts of Jesus is this. Our concepts of Jesus tend to reflect what we think. It's interesting. The most recent issue of... Christianity Today had an interesting article. I I won't suggest you read it. It's more of a theological discussion about the historic Jesus and uh, the Jesus seminar stuff and so forth. And maybe you've heard some of that. Every once in a while there's a group of scholars that get together and they decide which of Jesus' miracles are true and which are not. And, And this writer, as he was writing about all of this discussion everything, says that he tended to find as he was reading these guys... And their concept of Jesus, here's what he said. I thought it was very interesting. The Jesus that they talked about tended to reflect who they were. Do you hear what he's saying? The Jesus that they talked about tended to reflect who they were. And I got to thinking about that. You know, I thought, you know, that's right. A lot of times we develop a concept in our mind of Jesus. And it very much reflects who we are, rather than who Jesus is. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Maybe you're here and you're a merciful person. You don't step on ants for fear of hurting them. I'm just exaggerating a little bit. But but you're a nice person. You're gracious and forgiving. Guess what your concept of Jesus is going to be? Your concept of Jesus is going to be what? That Jesus is what? Gracious and forgiving. It would never even enter into your mind that Jesus might be judgmental. It would never enter into your mind that Jesus might be radical in some sense. So your concept of Jesus is actually formed by who you are. Let me give you another example. I'll give you the other extreme. Maybe you're here and you're a critical person. Maybe you're here and you're judgmental of others. Guess what your concept of Jesus is going to tend to be? You're going to have a concept of Jesus in which he's always hard-hitting about sin. And he's ready to deal with it and, and deal with it in a harsh way. Do you see what's happening there? Your concept of Jesus tends to reflect what you think. And that's true for all of us here. Here's another thing I want you to see. When our concept of Jesus fails us, we get angry. When our concept of Jesus fails us, we get angry. You know what? I've, I've been pastoring now. Here I've been nine years. But I started pastoring in 95, so it's been 15 years now, almost 15 years. I've been in ministry for 20. And in all those years of working with people, whether they're young people or older people, I have seen this happen over and over and over and over again. That when somebody's concept of Jesus fails them, when Jesus doesn't come through, and they thought that Jesus was going to do this, and they thought that Jesus was going to do that, because that was what they believed about Jesus, and they had this concept of Jesus. Almost always, What happens is is when their concept of Jesus fails them, guess what happens, folks? They get angry. Guess who they get angry at? God. God, why are you letting this happen to me? God, I believed in you. God, I believed that you were going to do this. God, I believed that you were going to do that. God, you let me down. God, you failed me. What would happen, folks? Did God fail them? No. Their concept of God failed them. See, here's the thing. Can we truly understand who God is here today, folks? Even me, with all of the education that I have and the theological training that I have, can I have a complete understanding of who He is? No, nobody can. But what happens is is we have concepts that enter into our mind. We embrace them. They tend to reflect who we are. And then when Jesus isn't there, when He's not there, Watch out. We'll get angry, and here's what most folks do. Most folks get angry, and here's what they do. They leave the church. It's interesting. The Barner Research Group just this week released an interesting study that found of those who claim to be Christians, most of them don't go to church. They're called the de-churched. And the reason why they're the de-churched, are you listening to me? It's because they've been hurt. And they don't want to be hurt again. And listen to me, folks. A lot of times what they've been hurt by is their concept of God and the failure of that. You think about the people in your life who don't go to church anymore. Think about the disappointment. Oh, maybe they were in the wrong church. Maybe there was something happened in that church, and maybe there were some self-righteous people. But even in spite of that, chances are, more than likely, what they got angry about is that God didn't come through through them. God wasn't there for them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many can relate? You've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Here's the reality. Let's go on. And here's the other point. Many simply do not understand who Jesus is. Many simply do not understand who Jesus is. And can I say that this is true for church people too? Many people simply do not understand who Jesus is. I'm not talking about unsaved people. I'm not talking about people who don't call the name of Jesus as their savior and lord. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about church people don't even understand who Jesus is. They just simply don't understand. What? How can you say that, George? Cuz I know. I've been a believer now for 25 years. I've sat in churches just like this. And I've heard message after message. And I tell you what kind of messages I've heard. I've ta- I've heard messages about how I should dress. I should he- I've heard messages about Why I believe this one Bible is it. And I've heard messages about this and about that and about that. Let me tell you what I have not heard. Who Jesus is. Who the real Jesus is. If you think about it, think back to the messages you've heard. You've heard about how to have ten steps to a happy marriage. And you tried them and it didn't work. You know what I'm talking about. You're laughing. Ten steps to raise your kids. You know what I'm talking about. And in the midst of that, somewhere in the midst of all of the discussion... Jesus was missing. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. We simply don't understand who he is. And you could have been in church all your life. You don't understand him. I got all kinds of education. You've been in my office. You've seen all my books. There's no way to understand him. So what does the passage tell us? Let's look at the passage together. This is what we're going to do. What we're going to do is is we're going to enter in on a journey over the next few months as we work our way through this gospel. It might be a year, but we're going to work our way through this gospel. We're going on a earth walk. That's what the series is called, earth walk. I heard this term years ago, and I thought this fits with what we're going to do here because we're going on a journey, and we're going to look at the life of Jesus. And over the next few months, we're going to look and see who Jesus really is. And I thought Luke was the best place because Luke tells us, right in these first four verses. Let's look at them together. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all the things from the very first to write to you an orderly account most excellent Theophilus that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed here's what we're going to do folks we're going to enter in on a journey of understanding and here's what Luke is trying to tell us this is called theologically called the prologue to the gospel that's the beginning the introduction the foreword. If you're reading a book, if it's a nonfiction book, sometimes there'll be a foreword in there or an introduction kind of helping you to understand what's going on here. And we're going to basically look at these four verses and kind of get an introduction today to the journey of understanding. Why it's so important for us to look here, because the fact of the matter is, is that we need to have a better concept of who Jesus is. We need to have a better understanding of who he is. So we're going to enter in on a journey of understanding here, folks. So I want you to notice with me the first thing. We see it in verse 1. Look at what Luke says. Luke says this, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Here's what he's saying. There are many good and bad works about Jesus. Luke in his day probably didn't didn't realize the bad works, although I'm sure he was. There were out there. But what he's saying is that there are many people trying to write down about the reality of who Jesus is. There's many people trying to help you to have some sort of concept of who Jesus Christ is. And that's the reality. Even today, you know, there are. if you go to Amazon and you just type in on the advanced search and you go to subject and you type in Jesus Christ, you can't even number the volumes that are out there about him. Do you realize that? You type in gardening, you might have a lot, but it won't be anywhere compared to what it is about Jesus. And here's the reality. Not everything that's out there is good. Not everything that's out there is accurate. There's a lot of bad stuff out there. There's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of good stuff that's out there. Jesus is a figure that is just there on the horizon of humanity, and we're trying to figure out who he is, and there are many volumes. And that's what Luke's saying. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand in order to set a narrative about those things which have been fulfilled among us. Everybody is trying to figure out what happened, who this Jesus is. Here's the next thing I want you to see about this journey. The eyewitnesses wanted you to have an understanding of Jesus. Look with me at verse 2. Here's what Luke's saying. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. What's he talking about here? He says, from the very beginning, the eyewitnesses, those who saw these events of Jesus' life, those who witnessed the crucifixion, those who saw the empty tomb, those who witnessed his ascension, the fact that he was alive and that he ascended to the Father, those who saw all those things from the very beginning, Wanted you to know them. They wanted you to have a proper understanding of who Jesus is. Let me ask you a question. Who would you rather listen to? Somebody who's writing who saw what was happening or somebody who's just commentating on it? Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to someone who saw the events, who saw Jesus? Who interacted with Jesus, or are you going to listen to somebody who wasn't there? Who's just commenting? Who's criticizing? This is what he's wanting you to understand. The eyewitnesses wanted you to have an understanding of Jesus. This is what we're going to do. As we enter in on this journey, we're going to look at what the eyewitnesses have told us. We're going to look at those who interacted, who touched him. John says in his, in his first epistle that our hands have handled, we have touched him. And he's not just talking about when Jesus was alive. He's talking about when Jesus was resurrected. Do you remember what he said to Thomas? Come here. Put your hand in my side. Feel the prince in my hand. He's real. And they want to communicate something to you. They want to communicate something to you. Let's go on now. Here's the other thing. Luke sets about to give us a thorough account about Jesus. Look with me at verse 3. It seemed good to me also, having had a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. Luke has decided, you know what, he's got a friend, his name is Theophilus, what a name. I don't think that's going to hit the, the name trending things here in the country. Do you call somebody Theophilus? Maybe Theo, but I don't think Theophilus. But he had a friend named Theophilus. And he wanted Theophilus. Theophilus must have been a young Christian, maybe someone inquiring about Jesus. And he wanted Theophilus to have an understanding of who Jesus is. And so here's what he said. I, having an understanding, having in my mind a grasp of what happened, having talked to the eyewitnesses myself, having witnessed what Jesus has done, I am setting about to give you a thorough account, an orderly account. I'm going to give you an account of who he really is. That's what he's doing. Luke's whole purpose in his gospel is so that you and I would have a complete understanding of who Jesus is. Isn't that what we need? We don't need to be operating on these concepts that reflect us. We need to be operating on a concept that reflects what he says in his word. Is that not true? And that's what Luke's about to do. Luke is about to give us a proper understanding of who Jesus is. Think about it. How much do you really know about him? I'll give you a personal testimony. I've been a believer for 25 years. It was this week coming up in April of 1985, that I gave my life to Christ. And he radically shifted my life from that point on. Radically shifted it. And I'm going to be honest with you. So you say, boy, you've been walking with Jesus for a quarter of a century. Yes. I've been a believer longer than I've been an unbeliever. But I'm going to tell you something. I still don't know him. I know about him. I know him intimately, but I still don't know him. You say, what are you doing up there then? If you don't know him, why are you up there speaking? Well, hold on a second before you get all fired up. How many of you have been married for a long time? Can you tell me you know your spouse? Now, you can th- talk authoritatively about it, but I know I've heard you. She said this, and she's going to do that, and she's going to have my hide. Isn't that true? But then if I ask you and probe you, well, do you truly under? No, I don't truly under- Well, how do you know she's going to have your hide? I just do. You still speak authoritatively about them, don't they? But you're still growing in understanding why that comes through a relationship. Look, here's the thing, folks. You're never going to truly understand Jesus. In fact, when you go to be with him in eternity and we will see all things perfectly, you're still not going to understand him. It takes an eternity to get to know him. But here's the reality. Luke is trying to, listen to me, give you and I an orderly account so that we understand who he is. So we can correct the misperceptions about him. Let me give you a misperception that I'm realizing here lately. One of the misperceptions is is who Jesus would hang out with. You say, What do you mean who Jesus? I know who Jesus would. He would hang out with the sinners and the tax collectors. Yes, we know that here, but do we know that here? So what do you mean by that? See, the conception we have of Jesus here may be different than our conception of here. Because when you look at who we hang out with, who do we hang out with? Pharisees. And who would Jesus hang out with? Sinners and tax collectors. So what kind of concept do we really have about Jesus? Because we think G- if Jesus shows up, guess where he's going to be? With us. I have a, I'm going I'm to wake you up here for a moment. No, he isn't. Because he doesn't hang out with self-righteous people. He hangs out with people who really want to know him. Isn't that awesome, Todd? See, we need to be corrected in our understanding of who he is. And so Luke's going to set out a thorough account about who Jesus is. But look with me. There's one final thing I want you to see about as we enter in on this journey about understanding who Jesus is. Look with me at verse 4. He says, That you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Here's what he's saying. Look again. Look at what he's saying there. That you, who's that? You and me. That you will have, know the certainty of those things which instructed. So that you can know not just going to be some Sunday school story. Listen, can I be honest with you? You realize today, let's take the Southern Baptists for a moment. We're not a Southern Baptist church, but I'll, we'll talk about them for a moment. Their statistics are that 95% of their high school graduates leave the church and don't come back. Wow. What's going on there? They knew Sunday school stories, but they didn't know the Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. You can know Sunday school stories and it not mean anything. But if you know the Jesus, it'll mean a whole lot more. See, you can know for certain. So here's what we We can be certain about who Jesus is. That's the point here. We can be certain about who Jesus is. When we look at this and we look at what Luke is trying to tell us over these next few months... Communicating to us about who Jesus is, you don't have to wonder, is this guy right? No. You can be certain about who he is. You can be certain, and from that certainty, develop a true concept of who Jesus Christ is. That's reality. That's reality. I want to give you three thoughts as we conclude our time today. First one's a question. You've got to be honest with yourself. And what I mean by that is this. I understand church culture. I'm an observer of church culture. Sadly, in some senses, I'm a propagator of church culture. And in church culture, let me explain to you. In church culture, you can't show another Christian your disappointment or your doubts because somebody will question whether or not you're a real Christian. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? So we're gonna chuck church culture out the window right now. It's okay to question, it's okay to be disappointed. So let's ask this question and you be real. Here's the question. Have you been disappointed by your concept about Jesus? Have you been disappointed by your concept about Jesus? Has, I mean, here's another way of putting it. Has Jesus let you down? You know what I'm asking? Now, we just chuck culture out the door so you can be real. Now, here, I'll help you, though. You don't have to talk out loud because some of you are still going to be intimidated. So that's fine. Talk on the inside. Talk to God right now and say to him, Lord, yeah, I have been disappointed. I feel like you left me down. You weren't there for me, Jesus. You hung me out to dry. You know what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm saying? So my my question to you is, and see what the question is, I want you to notice the question is kind of of an interesting question. Because what the question is supposed to reveal is not so much that Jesus is the disappointment, it's supposed to reveal how wrong your concept is of him. It's supposed to reveal that maybe, maybe, and quite possibly, and most certainly, you probably had a wrong concept of Jesus. So ask yourself that question. Are you here? And have you been disappointed by your concept of Jesus? Have you been disappointed about your concept? Now, here's the other one. Recognize that your concept about Jesus is incomplete, if not wrong. Recognize that your concept about Jesus is incomplete, if not wrong. For some of you here, it's incomplete. For some of you here, it's just flat out wrong. For some of you here, your concept about Jesus isn't based upon the Bible. It's based upon what you heard your grandma tell you about Jesus. For some of you here, it's based upon what your mama and daddy told you about Jesus. It's not because of what you read. And some of you here, it's even what you heard in church, which we've already talked about that. It's possible to come to church and not hear very much about Jesus, is it? And I'm talking about Bible-believing churches. See, you could be here and your concept of Jesus is incomplete. And here's the possibility too, my friends. It might be wrong. See, you're the only one who can answer that. Now, before you get offended and say, whoa, 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 what do you mean my, my concept of Jesus is incomplete? So is mine. We all have an incomplete concept of Jesus. And then finally, here's the reality. Here's a good question. Let this one sink in, because this will determine where you're going to go in the next few weeks. This is going to determine whether or not you're going to be a tenant the next few months. Here's the question. Are you willing to have your world rocked by the real Jesus? Because the real Jesus is going to shake the very foundations of who you are. How do I know that? Because when you read through the gospel, he shook the foundations of the people around him. And if you and I aren't rocked by Jesus, there's something wrong with us. Do you realize that in his day he was seen as a radical? He was anti-establishment. At least that's what they called him. And so the question is, is that, okay, you recognize it's incomplete. You recognize that maybe, possibly, it could be wrong. Are you ready to have your world rocked? And so here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, if you come every Sunday... And you hear, and as we examine and go into Luke, you're going to have your world rocked because the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you who the real Jesus is. And it's going to radically change your life if you want it to. But the question is, do you want it to? Do you really want your life changed by the real Jesus? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. And so we're getting ready to embark. Who's going to go with me? We're going on an earth walk.